Work is no longer just about productivity and metrics. It's about people. And when we focus on positivity, communication, belonging, and development, the numbers take care of themselves. This is Work Human Radio, where we talk to authors, researchers, and business leaders about the latest trends making work more human around the world. Here's your host, Mike Wood. Welcome back to Work Human Radio. My name is Mike Wood. I am your host, and I'm joined by a very special guest today. She's one of our Work Human Live uh, speakers that is coming up in May. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, you can go to www.workhumanlive.com and get your ticket. But we're going to be speaking to Erica Dwan. She is the world's leading authority on connectional intelligence and the founder and CEO of Cotential. Hi, Erica. How are you? I'm great, Mike. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. So for people who don't know you, I just want to give you give them a quick heads up for what you do. Erica, through speaking, training and consulting, teaches business leaders innovative strategies that increase value for clients, deliver results and ensure competitiveness. She's the co-author of the best-selling book, Get Big Things Done, The Power of Connectional Intelligence. Erica was named by the Thinkers 50 as the Oprah of Management Ideas and is featured as one of the emerging management thinkers most likely to shape the future of business. She hosts the award-winning podcast, Masters of Leadership. You are off to doing some really great things. Well, I'm so grateful to be here, Mike. So I wanted to kind of give people a preview of what you're going to be talking about at Work Human Live. I know we're going to be talking about the subject of digital body language. Now, can you explain to the audience what this is? Absolutely. So if you're an employee, a team member, or a manager, you know that it's become increasingly difficult to express what you mean in our modern workplace. And likewise, it's also become similarly challenging to grasp what others want and need. Because here's the contradiction we're facing. We all know that three-fourths of communication is body language. But today, up to 70% of our communication in teams is virtual. It's on conference calls, emails, IMs. So these days, we don't talk the talk. We write the talk. And my research and the session I'll be leading at Work Human is all about a key skill that I call digital body language. Digital body language are the cues and signals we send in our messages today that truly make up the subtext of what we mean. Think about it. How many times have you had an instant negative reaction to an email or text? What if you were misreading them or worse, what if they were misreading you? And digital body language is a key skill to help you reduce this major empathy deficit, which is creating more misunderstanding. It's creating people feeling like there's more passive aggressiveness. It's causing unnecessary arguments in a digital workplace and even having teams walk away from relationships faster. Yeah, I've found out that in terms of like if I'm writing emails for like a something really business related and there may be a disagreement or something, it even helps to get off of the email and to talk over the phone just because you can't hear the inflections in someone's voice. You can't hear whether something's lighthearted or not. It's everything is just black and white in an email. So what are the signals to look out for in digital communications? Yeah, well, I'll talk about the signals, but on your comment, Mike, I'd also say that Digital body language is not only critical in the email setting, it shapes every interaction we have now. So what we've seen is that even in, during face-to-face meetings, 
We are interrupted and distracted much more by our phones. We are more likely to avoid that traditional eye contact and look at screens or PowerPoint presentations. And it's actually changed our body language just as much as on the phone or in an email or through an IM exchange. And so it's really pervaded all of our work. And so when we talk about the new signals of digital body language, what we're seeing are signals like your word choice. How brief are you? How long are you? Your response time to a text, your email signature, who you CC, BCC, forward on your emails, whether you decide to switch from one medium to another. That's a digital body language signal that this isn't productive anymore. I need a different tone. I need to get more color from you or I don't want to engage. So I'm going to text you instead of call you. The use of punctuation, abbreviations, emojis, the specific channels you use. These are all examples of digital body language signals. And honestly, I could give you 40 more different types of signals that we use today. But really, the key mindset that we'll be sharing in the session is that we have to understand how our digital body language signals are received by others today. So I've seen many cases where leaders I coach will work on a detailed plan about an important business issue. They'll stay up late. They'll write a detailed brief with a list of questions for their boss. They'll expect a quick, immediate response from their boss, giving them an answer, maybe factoring in other things. And when they get a K period with no other commentary, no response to their questions, today, that's not just, I'm busy, I can't respond. Today, that's a signal of a feeling of disrespect at work. And so all of these ways that we choose to write and respond are based on all these signals. So we have to ask ourselves whether first we've given the other person enough context and if we're really being clear. Second, if we're factoring in emotional tone in whatever way that looks for your company culture. So gratitude, respect, alignment, that can mean different things in the world of exclamations, periods, and question Mm -hmm. marks. And lastly, when it comes to signals, understanding if there's a clear call to action or next step that you're sharing with other people. So they know what to do next, because a lot of times it can become more vague what others should do next with the message. So I want to touch on, you mentioned that if you did something for your manager and you don't hear from them for a while, that creates a feeling of either disrespect, but it gives you that fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And one of the things we try to do at WorkHuman, one of our products is continuous performance management, is getting that feedback and that keep that conversation going so that the employee always knows kind of where they stand. Because if you have like a once a year review, you're going to have all that time to worry about it. We really want to keep things open and transparent. And then what I've seen in some emails and some communications is if they end with an ellipsis, so it's a dot, 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 and I have beat myself up over what the dot, dot, dot means. You never know if someone's being sarcastic or if there's more behind the letters. So like I've often told people that like it's impossible to be sarcastic in an email because you can't read sarcasm. But is that true? Like, should you just avoid it in a digital world? So there's a couple of really great things you just said, Mike, and we'll get to all of them. So the first (laughs) one you mentioned was the notion of if someone doesn't respond, does that mean we're fortune telling, you know, a different meaning based on their lack of response or long time they took? And then the second aspect is the sarcasm piece. And can we really do that? 
digitally. So on the first one, what we've seen is the pressure to communicate quickly because we have access to communicating more quickly by text, by email versus a fax machine or voicemail messages has really created a culture where we feel like rushing has to be the answer. And one of the most important elements of digital body language I'll be sharing is the lesson to practice patient and careful responses and to not get caught up if someone is a bit more patient and isn't responding immediately. Obviously, if it's a fire drill or an emergency, that is different, but that needs to be communicated to that individual so they know that they need to respond quickly. But what we also see on the other end, so that's one piece, we have to have a culture that clarifies speed. And one of the things you can do is have clear response time expectations in your messages or in your team norms with your team. The other side that we're seeing is that a lot of people communicate very quickly because they think they have to, but not carefully. So they have lots of typos, mistakes. I remember a common response I'd get from my old boss, I would ask her, do you want to speak with this person Wednesday or Thursday? And I'd send her an email and she'd send an instant response saying yes, with not answering the question (laughs) because her was for speed. And so one of the most important practices you can teach your team is to practice those careful and thoughtful responses and don't create a culture of hasty responses because it creates bigger breakdowns in trust. And if you haven't heard from someone, checking in with them or thinking about how you can be more clear on expectations about when they need to respond is actually really important. One team I worked with created acronym. One of them was 4H, which meant I need this in four hours, or 2D, which meant I need this in two days. And so there was no lack of clarity. And if you couldn't get it to them in two days, you knew that you could tell them that. And so it wouldn't create this fortune telling and rumination we see all the time at work today. And really what that leads to is a breakdown of trust and empowerment, which you know is critical to performance. So then on the other note about sarcasm. So this is an interesting one. My research on digital body language has shown that there are different stages of our digital relationships with other people. And there are certain cases where we can use sarcasm or humor more effectively than others. We just have to understand and analyze what type of audience we have digitally at that point and whether or not it makes sense. And I'll give you a simple framework to make that decision. So in every single relationship we have, we're working on two paradigms with them. The first paradigm is who has more or less power? Is this person senior to me? Is this person junior, very junior? The traditional power dynamic structure. And that shapes a lot of the signals we use from our response time to how clear we are to how brief we are to who we CC, et cetera. The second is how close or far are we in trust levels? Do we Have we known each other for eight years and we go to happy hours once a week and we're really close colleagues and we crack jokes all the time in person? Or is this a new client relationship altogether? So once we understand where we are with our audience on both of those levels, we can decide whether we can start to use tools like sarcasm or humor in different ways. We are in the category where we are perhaps more senior to someone and the power level and very close in trust. 
we may be able to use sarcasm because this person knows us and they know our intentions are good. They know we assume positive intent. We have their back. And so we may be more comfortable using it. If we have less power, even closer, far chest, we may not be as likely to use sarcasm. Again, the other piece of this is if you have created norms in your culture digitally to enable sarcasm in a virtual form using digital body language signals, it can become a totally normal thing. Perhaps there's an emoji that's the joking emoji when there's a big blunder, or there's a specific hashtag that people use when something happens that is humorous or silly. And so if you create some clear norms around it, it becomes much more clear. But the issue is, is everyone has their own styles around sarcasm. And when there's a lot of misunderstanding of them, it really is best not to use it at all. Yeah. I just think it's funny. You can have the casual conversations that you have over the phone with like your friends and family. And then like, there's a lot that still needs to be learned in terms of like writing a business email that I've seen. The best example I have is my dad retired probably like two years ago. He's very corporate. He was in the corporate world. And now when he emails me about family things like Thanksgiving, it will be like, hello, Michael, we're having Thanksgiving at approximately four o'clock. Please advise me (laughs) on your attendance. And and it just makes me laugh because this is the world that they were in. So I think that there is some kind of like the business of writing that needs to still happen today. That's right. And a big part of it, with teams today, and we'll talk about this in our session at Work Human, is how to create a culture of positive intent and giving people the benefit of the doubt. Because sometimes, whether they're new to an organization or they grew up in a different environment, they may be a different generation or from a different culture, they may be used to certain cues and signals that could confuse others. And so taking the time to understand if they're an introvert versus an extrovert, they may have a completely different perspective on this. I find that introverts are more likely and more comfortable using a lot of sarcasm digitally because they process things and then they write it out versus extroverts that are more quick in person. And so this is a whole new skill set that's emerged that's critical, not just for teamwork, but for leadership in the modern age. Well, this is great. I'm very excited for your session. I'm very thankful that you had the time to join me today. And if people want to find more of your thoughts and find out more information about you, where can they go? They can check me out at ericadewan.com. That's the best place to go. And there's details about digital body language, our keynotes, my book, all about this, and my podcast is on there as well. And find me on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. I weekly share new tips and tools from how to use clarity and emails to how to show gratitude digitally to how to say sorry in a virtual world um, and many more situations that we all face in our modern workplace. Great. Well, thanks again for joining me. Thank you. If you want to see business leaders, culture keepers, and industry experts come together to share the latest research and ideas for making work more human, you need to be at Work Human Live in 2020, May 11th through the 14th in San Antonio. Visit workhuman.com to see the full lineup of speakers and reserve your spot in the number one conference of 2020. 